0: I'd like to start out with a scripture passage. This is from John chapter 15. Jesus said to his disciples, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He takes away every branch in me that does not bear fruit, and every one that does he prunes so that it bears more fruit. You are already pruned because of the word that I spoke to you. Remain in me as I remain in you. Just as a branch cannot bear fruit on its own unless it remains on the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit, because without you, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me will be thrown out like a branch and wither. People will gather them and throw them into a fire and they will be burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask for whatever you want and it will be done for you. By this is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father loves me, so I also love you. Remain in my love. So... Uh, The way that Jesus gives us to remain in him is through the sacraments and especially through the Eucharist. So I want to talk a little bit about about the sacraments and especially how the Eucharist is a sacrament of sacraments. But first I want to tell a little story about my favorite author or something that my favorite author said, Flannery O'Connor. This is a story that Bishop Barron likes to tell a lot, so maybe you've, you've heard this story. But... Flannery O'Connor was in, um, uh, she was in in New York living with a a family, and she was writing, and she found herself at a dinner party with some intellectuals, and uh, the subject of religion came up. And there was a, a woman who began talking about how she had been raised Catholic, she no longer believed or practiced the Catholic faith. But she made this comment. She said, I've always thought that the Eucharist is a really nice symbol. And Flannery, uh, who had been sitting there the whole dinner party, hardly saying anything out of intimidation around all of these really smart people, finds herself blurting out after this woman said that she finds the Eucharist to be a nice symbol. Flannery said, well, if it's a symbol, to hell with it. And what she was communicating was our Catholic belief that the Eucharist is not a symbol of Jesus, but that the Eucharist is Jesus. If the Eucharist were a symbol, just a symbol, then we could set it aside. It would be something nice that Jesus gave us, but it wouldn't necessarily need to change our life. But if the Eucharist is what the Church says that the Eucharist is, Jesus himself, his own body and blood, soul and divinity, if it's really God that we meet in the Eucharist, well, that changes everything. So, in, our, in religious education or in our Catholic school, our students are taught that, that uh, a sacrament is an outward sign instituted by Christ to give grace. That's our our definition of of sacraments. But I really like to say that what a sacrament is, in, in layman's terms, would be like the most real encounter we can have with God in this life. The most real encounter we can have with God in this life. I can take a walk around the block and think about God, And can God reach me there? Of course, God can do anything he wants to do. But actually, what we believe is in the sacraments, we have the guarantee of God's presence. And the ritual that we celebrate with each of these sacraments, we believe, really communicates grace, the divine life in us. So there's an objective power to the sacraments. When we have the right person, normally a priest, doing it, and when the priest says the right words and has the right stuff, the sacrament really happens, that this is a promise that God makes to us through the church. This encounter with God in the sacraments, we believe, is unique because what we believe is that the sacraments aren't simply us bumping up against God, But God's actually coming down into us. And what we call this when God comes into us, we have a word for that, a theological word, and that's grace. That grace is the gift of God's divine life come down into me, changing me. That's what happens with the sacraments. Uh, the past couple months, I've been blessed to have a handful of baptisms, some of them occurring at this ba- baptismal font right here. Um, someday we will have a more beautiful baptismal font, but this is what we have right now. Many of our parishioners have been baptized here in this sacred, in this sacred font. But what happens in baptism, for instance, is that normally a little baby is held over the baptismal font and very carefully I pour water over the baby's head. I try not to get any water in the baby's eyes. And as I do that, I say these words, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And those things put together contain all the elements of a valid celebration of the sacrament. Why? Because it's the right person, a a priest in this case, it's the right words, and it's the right stuff, water, with the intention to baptize. And what we believe happens to that child is truly remarkable. Now, it's, it's an invisible change that happens inside that child, but what we believe is that as the ritual is taking place, as the water is flowing over the baby's head and the priest is saying the words, that a real change is happening inside that baby. Even though we can't see it, it's invisible. But, what, but what's happening is that Christ himself is coming to meet and to touch that little baby and is changing that little baby's soul right in front of us, even though the baby doesn't realize it and we might not perceive it either. Of course, the grace of baptism is that we would be cleansed of original sin, inserted into the life, death, and resurrection of Christ, and, and saved. Baptism is the sacrament of heaven. It makes it possible for us to go to heaven. From the moment of a child's baptism, every time the father sees that child, the father will see a, his baptized daughter or his baptized son. No matter what, no matter what that child ends up doing, that if that child becomes a priest, if that child becomes a nun that child becomes a holy layperson, or if that child leaves the faith altogether, every time the father sees that child, he sees his beloved son, his beloved daughter, all because of the real invisible change that happens at the baptismal font. So what we say happens here is that through the water and the words... And the right person, grace, or the gift of divine life flows into that child and changes that child. God himself touches that child. But, and here's where we can begin to distinguish the sacrament of baptism and the other sacraments and the sacrament of the Eucharist. Because in the sacrament of baptism, divine life is communicated through water and word But we don't look at the water and say, there's God. We just know that with the water, the divine life is communicated. With the the ritual celebration of the sacrament, God comes and brings grace. Uh, So God really touches us there. But at no point do we look at the priest and say, there's God, no I'm not. (laughs) Contrary to some people's uh, opinions, (laughs) Uh, The water is not God, nor is the word that I speak itself God, either. But the divine life, nonetheless, is communicated. All of the sacraments work in this way. Anointing of the sick, which I celebrate many times as as a priest, when I lay my hands on top of the the sick person's head and pray for them, which is followed by the anointing with the blessed oil, on their forehead and the palms of their hands as i do that not not because of me but because of because this is how god made the church and the sacraments as i do that the divine life is communicated to that person giving them grace but at no point in the sacrament again would the person look up at me and say god or would the person feel the oil that i've put on their forehead and and think, God? No, that's not God either. But through the person, the words, the gesture, and the stuff, the oil, the divine life God himself is communicating. But this is what's different about the Eucharist. When at Mass, the priest takes wheat bread and as he takes grape wine and says the words of consecration over it, take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body. We have the right person, the right words, and the right stuff, all of which is necessary for the sacrament to happen. And as the church promises, as God promises through the church, the sacrament does happen, divine life But here's what's different with the Eucharist. This is why we call the Eucharist the sacrament of sacraments. It's that after the priest says those words, we can actually say, there's God. Because what we believe is that that bread that the priest is holding in his unworthy fingers is no longer bread. It maintains the appearance of bread, but it's actually... Jesus there. Jesus, our Lord and our God. And when I take the chalice of wine and say the words, take this all of you and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, same thing. Except in this sacrament, we can look at what is in the chalice and say, God, there's God. It's amazing enough that God would humble himself so much uh, that he would want to communicate his divine life to us sinners, very unworthy people, all of us that he would give us a sacrament like baptism or a sacrament like anointing of the sick or a sacrament like the sacrament of reconciliation and through a specific person with specific words and a ritual and, and the stuff associated with that sacrament would really communicate the divine life to us in such a way that we're changed. It leaves us changed. That's amazing enough. But what Jesus does in the Eucharist is even more than that. Because he doesn't just communicate his divine life into my heart through the reception of the sacrament. He actually makes himself present and I can see him. As a priest, I get to hold him. That's a privileged moment at every Mass. Jesus there in my hands. I'm not worthy for that. But God doesn't come to give himself to us in this way because we're worthy, but because he's so full of love, because his love is so magnificent that he wants us unworthy sinners, all of us, to know so deeply and so closely a relationship with him. Union. Communion. Have we ever wondered why we call this ritual that we do at Sunday Mass communion? It's because the word communion comes from two other words, union and cum, which in the Latin is with. Communion is that which gives us union with God. How amazing is it that God desires this communion with you, this communion with me. This is how he fulfills his promise that we heard Jesus talk about in John 15. Abide in me, remain in me, never leave me. Jesus has already fulfilled his end of the bargain by giving us the Eucharist, and he's right here, right now. He's really with us in the tabernacle. Why? Because what's in the tabernacle, even though it looks like bread, is our God. He's there. We worship the contents of that tabernacle because they're not a thing, they're a person. Jesus himself, Jesus has fulfilled his end of the bargain to abide, that that he wants us to abide with him by giving us this gift. And so now it's up to us to strive to remain with him, abide in him. And how do we do that? It's by receiving the gift that he's given us. It's by loving him in the gift that he's given us. It's by worshiping him in adoration, this gift of himself, that he's he's given us. May this evening be uh, a time when we open our hearts to Jesus who's really present. May this evening be uh, an occasion for him to touch us very deeply. Pope Benedict talked about how adoration was essential in our life as Catholics because adoration prepares us for communion. When I adore God, it opens my heart to be able to receive him and let him in to the different places of my heart that needs him so much. Very recently, Pope Francis was talking about the gift of the Eucharist and he said the gift of the Eucharist when we we receive it worthily is the gift of healing to those places of our hearts that are that are alone or disordered or hurt, wounded? How many places in my own heart qualify for, for that? How many places in my own heart are in need of that healing? So tonight, brothers and sisters, let's open wide the doors of our hearts to our Lord who comes to be with us, God himself, not a symbol. If it were a symbol, we wouldn't need to be here right now. But because the Eucharist is Jesus, we come tonight as this family to gather around him, to love him, to worship him, to receive his word and his love anew into our hearts, that love that touches us, changes us, transforms us. Tonight as we pray, Let's invite God in to those places that need healing. Let's ask him to come even to those specific places, those specific memories that trouble us, those specific sins that still bother us even if we've confessed them before. Hurts in relationship, places of unforgiveness, bitterness, resentments, fear, anxiety. This is, this is precisely where Jesus wants to be, in the messiness of my heart. So as he so desires of us, let's let him in, in the sacrament of sacraments, deep into the recesses of our hearts.